Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on the Athletic Podcast Network. Bruh. New York strip steak? Ooh. This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs? Dang! With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writers. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. We got Dave DeFore. We got Wozni Lambert. We got Jay King. We got Trevon Edwards. And today, we kick off the week. LeBron is injured. The Rockets literally do not know how to win a basketball game. We got deadline talk coming up. We got Ben Simmons crapping all over Rudy Gobert, sort of. And we've got a Celtics team meeting as they try to stave off embarrassment. So, guys, let's start off with the big story of the weekend. LeBron James goes down with a high ankle sprain. And the scary word of he is out indefinitely. Indefinitely, which was, as we know, just means we don't know when he's coming back. Might be a you know, Dennis Schroeder said a couple. He'll be back in a couple days. Uh, so I guess he, team sources. Is, is that what Schroeder said? He said that. Yeah, he said like <laughs> we're not worried. Like he, you know, you know, Braun, he'll be back in a couple of days. Like that's essentially what he said. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's not that serious. Uh, Jeff Stotts of uh, In Street Clothes, who does an amazing job of chronicling injuries he gives great context to everything his database is insane and so he said in an average 82 game season uh guys with high ankle sprains usually miss about 10 games um and there's obviously high variance in in both of those situations so was no lebron no ad and i'm gonna ask it should the lakers be worried about falling to the playing tournament <laughs> Um, I mean, no. What? <laughs> the long and the short of it. They're not the, that far ahead, you the know. Long They're the only short of it. If if this was somebody else, if this, <laughs> four I don't know, Waz though. The oh. seven seed. Here's here's oh, the thing. Waz is going to do the no Superman loss. thing here, though. If, if, <laughs> if this was somebody else, like, and you would, and and they could probably potentially miss two to three weeks, I'd be like, all right, cool. But it's LeBron, and it's LeBron's ankle specifically. Like, how many times have we seen this dude? Roll his ankle like really badly and not even really leave the game ever. Right. Right. If it was some other body part, I'd be like, mm, maybe he's going to miss some time. But like this dude eats ankle injuries for lunch. like, And it's always been that way. So I wouldn't expect this to be much differently. Now, yeah, if he missed a like an extended period of time, because I don't think I mean, I don't think that they're that strong of a team with just. AD, right? Because right. LeBron does so much of their um, offensive initiation. You know, Schroeder does it basically in a backup role, but like that, it's LeBron who's initiating offense for them right. all the time. And his on off numbers have kind of bared that out. Like they've been pretty bad in the non LeBron minutes, but I think he's going to be back pretty soon. So it'll be okay. But if I'm wrong, yeah, they, <laughs> they might have to go. I was going to say, might, I'm, I'm, I'm when, pushing by the time back and saying back, you're he wrong. might be in the um, seventh seed. What's that, Trey? Imagine the no, Lakers. See, I was going to push back and game. say that Waz is wrong. Waz is wrong. Um, I, I will say that now because again, I was feeling like Waz when AD was out because I I, yeah. I trust LeBron that much. But when you're looking at a first option, Kyle Kuzma or Schroeder or whoever it may Trez, be, yeah, you know what I mean. Like that, that's not much to hold up. You know what I mean? They're gonna they're gonna steal a couple games. You know what I mean? But I could see the West getting stronger as you know. The, the big dog is down or showing some type of blood, you know? And Look at the in next three games, situ- Trey. You said what? The next three games. They got Suns, Pelicans, Sixers. Yeah, yeah and, I mean, and, can, and, can, and can get big smack. So yeah. when you also look at it as, you know, this, I, mean, I, I would like to think Braun is superhuman and he has in the past eight ankle injuries. But at 36 and the the... I don't know if that was Academy Award scream or not. It looked very serious and had everybody saying, I'm praying for you. Um, But this injury normally is between six weeks and three months. And obviously, I think I'm going to take the under for LeBron. Same confidence as as Waz. But I think it'll be more than 10 games. I think the Lakers will be super cautious with this. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing about that is uh, I was on the radio with, with Amin Al Hassan this morning and we were talking about this. And we were going by like that 10 game average from from Jeff Stotts. And over the next 10 games, the only three games where you could see them winning without LeBron and AD 
They play Cleveland, they play Orlando, they play Sacramento, right? Just three garbage teams. And but even then, like, okay, you're going in there with Coos and Trez and Schroeder. Like, right. It's not exactly a lot like, like a, Sacramento. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot like Sacramento without De'Aaron Fox out there. And so like like best case scenario over those ten games feels like three and seven. Right. And so and at that point, like you could be losing serious ground. And so I I don't think that like they're not going to miss the playoffs, obviously. But if if what Trey is saying is is accurate and I and I, I'm kind of leaning toward towards what Trey's saying here of it being a little bit longer. Dave, like the Lakers, I don't think there's going to be any point where the Lakers lack confidence as long as they're healthy in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But the top six seed, if this is an extended period of time, like it is not guaranteed for them. It, like the West is good. Wes is too good for this. Yeah. Well, and and you know that because the Jazz and the Suns have been like one and two for the last couple of weeks, right? Like yeah. the Lakers haven't even been in that conversation just because they haven't had Anthony Davis. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be really bad if LeBron misses a bunch of time. I mean, I don't think that's breaking new ground. The, the issue is what's it going to look like when he comes back? I mean, think about when these guys get ankle injuries early in the season and it hampers them through the rest of the year to the point where sometimes we're still talking about them in the playoffs because ankle injuries are the worst. You, you have to use that ankle constantly. And I, everybody knows, I, you know, I, I say all these guys always come back too fast from ankle injuries and they lead to knee injuries and things like that. And so uh, I think that Trey is right. They're probably going to treat this uh, as cautiously as they can. But what if Anthony Davis just has to miss another month and it's not coming back in another two weeks and, and LeBron's also coming back in two weeks, and they're going to go on a big run. I mean, what if he's gone longer, and and then LeBron comes back, and he's not the LeBron that that he was before this injury, you know, for the rest of the season? I don't know, man. It starts to feel shaky. I mean, we knew health was going to determine this season. I didn't think it was going to happen like this. Yeah, I mean, they, they there's some real concerns here. Like for the first time, for the first time, I'm taking a LeBron injury serious. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> for the first time, yeah. like I, it's like it, I, well, not for the first time. Like the first like few years of his career. I mean, I think at the time I get, I think when I gave up on the whole injury thing, what was, it was against the Bulls in the playoffs where he like I think he ran into like Taj Gibson at midcourt or something like that, and you would have thought like a sniper got him. And he was down. He's rotting on the ground. So I think at that point I was like, okay, I, I don't believe LeBron anymore when he says he's hurt. Right? Like I don't, I don't believe it. Um, but. It's been a long time since I've looked at LeBron James get injured and thought, "Uh oh." And and the the growing injury was was something where even then I was like, "It can't be this bad, right?" It's LeBron; he's Wolverine. Like it's it's fine. And now and now for whatever reason, maybe just because it's a high ankle sprain. I think if it was just a rolled ankle, yeah, he <clears throat> as Waz said, he eats those for lunch. But a high ankle sprain, like I don't know that he, I don't remember him ever having one. I could be wrong on that, but I don't remember. No, I don't think he's ever had one, but also it's associated with his knee as well. So those things, like, that's the thing that most people don't normally pay attention to. They say, oh, it's an ankle. Well, it goes into so much different um, things as far as when you look at, you know, the breakdown. Because it goes from ankle to high ankle to knee to hips. You know what I mean? And then it just goes to back. So, again, at this age... Yes. I mean, in the past, we think it like, oh, he he's only going to miss like four games and he'll be back. You have to think about the odor and recovery. Now, he's going to work his butt off and he's going to, you know, refuse to let this team fail because obviously he wants to repeat. And he knows that the window is very small. Um, But the Lakers need to be very cautious with their two prized possessions, you know, (laughs) pretty much. And, you know, obviously they they need to let Bron know that, hey, I know you want to get back out there, but take your time too because it can result in something even worse is what i'm saying it's pushing yeah pushing it even more and more we've seen in the past as players you know working really hard to get back and then it just only like kind of makes the injury even worse or, or channel something else it's funny because the at the time of the Schroeder and harrell acquisitions i think everybody thought okay that's going to help them weather this season when Davis needs to rest or LeBron needs to rest. But that's a fragile team. <laughs> if either of those two main guys goes down, they're fragile. And I don't think it'll impact them as long as they're healthy during the playoffs. But like Dave said, 
they need both of those guys at 100% during the playoffs. They are very much centered around those two guys playing at a level that no other duo can reach. And if LeBron or Davis is even hobbled a little bit, then it's hard to see the Lakers being close to the level they were last season. Yeah, and, you know, I honestly think in the first round, they probably want to avoid the Clippers because just matchup-wise, the Clippers for the last two seasons has been the team that's given them the most trouble in these regular season games. So maybe they want to avoid that. But, like, you know, you're looking at the, if if they fall to, like, say, the fifth seed or the sixth seed, um, I don't think they're worried about playing Portland or Denver or Phoenix or even Utah, to be real. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm just not worried at all. Like, the Lakers are all. like March Madness, bro. Like, seeding doesn't matter, but then also – the same thing with where they land in the playoffs. They're good as far as just getting there and being healthy. But when you also think about, again, the health, like availability is is going to be king in all of this. And if they can make it, you know, and figure it all out, then they should be good. Does that make the Lakers gold chain guy the sister Jean? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what that is? Um, I mean, look, if, the, if you can tell that me. Is, man, that's so disrespectful to Sister Jean. <laughs> Why? Why do we care about Sister Jean? I thought Jimmy Goldstein yeah, uh, was this just me, iconic. Let me, let me tell you, the, uh, iconic. Sister Jean's not iconic, right? Oh, Sister no, Jean's meant, an icon. No, I meant the Lakers guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lakers guy's iconic. Yeah, he's iconic. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. once sat next to a uh, Loyola Chicago, former Loyola <laughs> Chicago player while playing poker in Las Vegas. And no lie, I was kind of anti-Sister Jean at the time. I was like, man, this this she she gets all this publicity. Like, she's always hogging the limelight. Where does this she and that. play? Yeah, exactly. Like, let, let, let Cameron Crutwig have a little bit of the spotlight every once in a while. But then the guy, he told me she knew all the scouting reports for every team they played. She would, like, go to practices. She was just – and this was 20 years ago, long before she became famous – I am the biggest sister Jean guy in the world now, and I will not stand for slander. <laughs> she knows the other team's scouting reports, so what, she has a subscription to The Athletic or something? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> so she reads Sam like, Yeah, we all do. Yeah, she she like, must watch Synergy or something. I don't know. Um, what are we talking about? Let me tell you this. As someone who went to 12 years of Catholic school, I do not respect Sister Jean, all right? I, okay, you're a nun. I don't care. Get out of here. <laughs> the only podcast that's going to slander yeah, yo, that's we, right. yo, they're gonna be like, yo, I listened, I had to turn it off because this oh, guy's going to hell. Say, they're talking gonna, oh, about I Sister Jean. I just so disrespectful and despicable. More like Loyola, Chicago. Because you're lying to yourself if you're saying you're a fan. That's what I say. <laughs> exactly. Yo, she Sister got some fire Jean. prayers. I say that, bro. Because they be they be smoking cats in March. The prayers be going up, bro. I was okay. I I gotta give it to her. She does have some hey, fire prayers. You're listen, right. her prayers are fire, bro. When you really think about it, like she said, she prayed, and I'd be like, yo, she got a direct line to the hoop gods, because like she they come through and rip your bracket up for you. <laughs> But like, I, I, I hey, like how like she doesn't man? pick them to win the title. She only picks them to go. Like, I think she picked them in the oh, Sweet 16 first last of all, time. The she hoop picked gods, them only Elite Eight this time. Here's the thing, though, Jay. She go to sleep, and the Hoop Gods come talk to her, like, chill. <laughs> she goes to sleep because she can't stay up for the late game. She's like, but, she doesn't even know if they won or but not. But to be fair, they have to win if she's skipping her 2 p.m. dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of winning, anybody but the Rockets. <laughs> Right, twenty straight losses. They lose a uh, just a tough one. John Wall missed a three that would have snapped a nineteen game losing streak. I think twenty in a row is the record. I think eighteen in a row was was the Rockets' record. The good news, if you want to look for a silver lining here with the Rockets, is they didn't lose by double digits. What I think they had done like thirteen straight times, which <laughs> is also either a record or it's the second most ever. So at first it was like this. Team, here's the crazy thing: this team was eleven and ten. At one point this season, it was a feel good story. And then Christian Wood got hurt. And so I think for the next, what was it? 17 games. Maybe it was 18 games, 17, 18 games. The, you know, the Rockets couldn't win a game and it just didn't matter. And they had traded for the depot. It doesn't matter. He won't, you know, he was in and out of the lineup and everything. And PJ Tucker doesn't want to be there. And now Christian Wood's been back for a few games and, you know, the Rockets just like, like casuals out there. 
on the court. Like they're just, they're, they're losing every single time. And so I, I do kind of think this is best case scenario for the Rockets because it is pushing them to probably, all right, Oladipo as a guy, it doesn't look like that was long for anything anyway. I don't think he's going to resign. So maybe this gives them even more reason to, to trade him and get something in return. It also adds quite a bit to them, like putting effort into developing Kevin Porter Jr. and Kenyon Martin Jr., and, and and Tate and I feel like I'm missing another young guy. I guess Christian Wood. Um, like they have the incentive to go develop those guys. But Dave, you brought this up before the pod, and I do think it's an interesting question. Like, is there going to be a point where where you know Tealman for Theta just says, Shut up in business, Steven Silas, you're out of here. You know? Um yeah. Well, before we get into the negative, let's just stick with the positive for one second with the Rockets. They've lost 20 straight, and somehow the Minnesota Timberwolves still have a worse record. Not somehow. Like, <laughs> they're the I mean, Timberwolves. This is what they it, do. Houston's actively trying to catch them and cannot. So at it's least they're not. Carl Anthony Minnesota. Towns is the baddest in the game. Yeah. But, oh you know, God. I did bring that up. One of the things that, that has bugged me about the situation, and we talked about it when Steven Silas was, was hired, because we knew at that point that James Harden was likely on his way out. You know, he is a, a career assistant coach who finally gets a shot, and this is what he gets. And, it, I mean, look, it's how the business works. You're not going to, you know, they're not hiring him to coach the Warriors because it's his first head coaching job. I get it. But the worry that I have is that this is a stain. It's going to stick with them. But Tillman's so cheap that it might not matter. Maybe he's just like, you know what, we're just going to we're gonna ride this out. and And it winds up being a good thing. For Steven Silas, because maybe he does get that that, you know, second chance or third chance that other guys aren't able to get. So in a way, the Rockets sort of inability to just throw bad money away might work in his favor. And and they're going to get a really high draft pick. (laughs) Yeah, I feel bad for Steven Silas, man. Think think of everything he's had to deal with this year. James Harden. Doesn't even show up to training camp on time. DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall get pissed off at James Harden. DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall are the two veterans in the room, and they're disgruntled right away because the star doesn't want to play with them. Then Harden basically goes in a press conference and demands a trade. It wasn't exactly like that, but for all intents and purposes, yes. The guys that are left, half of them, no, they're not going to be there long term. I assume John Wall's one of those. Victor Oladipo, he's turned down a contract extension. He probably wants out. The other half, PJ Tucker, he was he was there because he played well with James Harden. Well, he's gone. So Tucker's not as valuable anymore. Daniel House isn't as valuable anymore. And now Steven Silas has to try to put all of this together and it it's just been an absolute mess and I don't think it's his fault. I just think that whole situation has been set to crumble this entire season. And and we've seen it over the last 20 games. They don't have much talent. The talent that they do have knows that this is a situation that's going to do a lot of retooling and that they're not going to be there for a long time. So it's just really, really tough to coach in that type of situation. It's an, I'm interested because in the more years, they never really had a complete shut down no right like never never had a complete strip down um which i thought was kind of one of the more impressive aspects of maury's tenure was that they never bottomed out they always put out a competent product so this ain't gonna be that (laughs) like they're gonna stink for the rest of this year and next year they're gonna be pretty pretty bad too so you know I'm, i'm i'm interested to see how they go about this and like Zach mentioned, um, you know, this is a new owner. Like Les Alexander sort of gave um, the general managers um, and presidents, like he was like, yo, go ahead, do what you have to do. We we believe in you. We're empowering you to make smart decisions. We believe in our basketball people. Fertitta doesn't seem like the most patient sort of take the long view type of guy. So, Man, that Houston thing is definitely something to monitor, man. They feel like they're about to turn into Sacramento. Um, what do we even call Texas South? 
<laughs> yes, Waz. <laughs> we call to, um, I mean, they're, they're, to piggyback though off Waz, what he said, the culture reset, and and he's right. Like most people, like gut it all the way through. Yeah, they try to hang on. You know what I mean? And we have been preaching about this. Like, what are the Rockets going to do ever since? You know? And when you look at it. They moved everybody that was unhappy. And then, you know, they got John Wall and now Oladipo. And it's other guys that's just kind of like now they're having a fire sale, which we think that we've been screaming for Orlando to have. Houston's trying to do that. And they're still going to be bad. Like you said, I don't even think it's going to be for the next year, but the the year after that. I just say just start all over and like and give the, give the team to Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood. And was, just build around them. It was wild. They haven't had a... They haven't had a losing season since 2005, 2006. That's also which, the, you, which that, you got to respect. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's also the last time the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs. 2005, 2006. That's, that's crazy. Kevin Martin. And that's like a little bit as of much a, slander as the Rockets fans get. Freaky like Friday situation. They haven't had a bad. They haven't had a bad time yet. Yeah. It's well. It's here. <laughs> this is a good year to be bad, though. It's a good year to be horrible. They're, this draft is loaded. Yeah, as long as they get the right pick. Yeah, that's the. Wait, do I they mean, even own? Do they even own their pick this year? I would assume so. I don't think they're oh, more. I think. I think. I think they'll get something um, by Thursday. I'll say that. Well, so that and that's, then, a, that's a good transition trade because Oladipo seems to be the biggest name available. Maybe Kyle Lowry, but Oladipo seems because he's a rental at this point for them. Which you still you have man. This is where, like, they had demanded, hey, we need a young guy, we need picks, and we need an all-star in return for James Harden. And so they flipped Karis LeVert for Oladipo to show, like, look, we got an all-star for him, right? Hmm. And and then he they offer him, like, a, what, a $48 million extension over two years? He's like, I'm good. Thanks, but th- thanks, but no thanks. And, and now... And now you're gonna flip them, but it sounds like the asking price isn't even that high. And it's like, yo, you could have this team with Karis Levert, right? Instead of like, I think you would feel even better about the future rather than just like you're about to lose. But Tillman gets to save money, bro. <sighs> well, yeah, I mean, Ola Depot's <laughs> off the books after this season. <laughs> I know, but Karis is on what, like eighteen? So like, yeah, you that's eighteen floor, more than Victor right? next season, man. Oh my god, this. <sighs> Like Trey, so do you, I kind of for some reason I have this. It, it is a non-educated guess of like for whatever reason I just feel like Toronto is going to trade for Oladipo. I don't know why. I don't know why. I could see no. I could see Miami. Um, I can see uh, Cleveland. Not Cleveland. I forgot who it was. It was a. It was another team that was like not good, but I think they just trying to unload the you know unload the books and stuff like that um for next year so i mean it should be interesting overall but like i could see a bunch of like random oh. random guys getting sent oh no different places i just looked up the the pick situation for for the houston oh yeah it's bad well well so <laughs> this, this year's year. pick good. this year's pick is top four protected otherwise the yeah. thunder can swap it so if two teams move up in the like two teams could move mm-hmm. up in the lottery, knock them Disastrous. down the fifth, and they'll still Disastrous. get a pick, but they're gonna get swapped. Oh, luckily, like OKC's not. I mean, yeah, OKC's that good, not that good, but right. still, like you may be going from franchise dude to non-franchise dude. Still a good player, right. but they kind of need this to be a top four pick. It has to be. Yeah, and you know, lottery <laughs> night is gonna be pressure. Just, just wait, the wait, wait, idea that, that they gave OKC stuff. To take on Russell Westbrook was just high comedy at the time. <laughs> and now it's looking like, Jesus, really? Did, did we really did that? Um, yeah, I, you know, it's something to monitor, man. Like, the Rockets have been a mainstay in the playoffs for a decade, basically. And, you know, now they'll, they'll, they'll do the ping pong game and hopefully they don't turn into the next Magic. Man, just looking at this situation, though, I watched a video with Steven Silas, and I just felt tough. so bad because yeah, he's waited his whole tough. life for this opportunity only for it to, like, kind of just burn. And it reminds me of, like, finding a genie in a lamp, and they give you the wishes, but every time you wish, it's it's like a hidden message behind it. <laughs> like, it's just, like, backfires <laughs> immediately, and it just sucks, dog, because it's like, dude, 
just like worked his butt off, you know what I mean, for for two decades, and 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 finally gets his shot, and then he got players that just like, nah, I'm cool, dude. It's, a, it's <laughs> like a- just quitting on you in the locker room, you know. And and I think that even if next year, you know, he got to stick around or whatever, it's just going to be so hard trying to do a cleanup job because you know. <laughs> the fake beards of the James Harden fans are going to still be laying around in that oh, locker room. No, how do you repurpose those? I don't think you can. Um, there, there's, <laughs> a, there's a very real scenario in which Houston has to swap their pick, right? Because they dropped to like five. And the Minnesota Timberwolves lose their pick because they dropped a four in the lottery. And it goes to its top three protected. They go And it goes to Golden State if that happens. <laughs> like there's that, there could be absolute destruction and chaos on lottery night for once i'm gonna watch yeah the odds like being flattened had really has changed a lot and and i have to i've I've had to adjust how i think about these protections a lot because of it because a top four protection used to sound pretty good if you were a bad team but now it's so easy to get up there that oh that's a coin flip it's like it's it's 52 percent right now 52 percent that they that the rockets keep their pick as is um, and with the Timberwolves, I think it's only 40% that they keep their pick. Woo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing they got, they traded for an all-star in D'Angelo Russell, right? By the, like- by the way, by the way, <laughs> Kat, Kat and, and D'Angelo have played 90 minutes together this season. 90. Wow. That's it. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Do we think do we think Oladipo will make a difference this year if he's traded before the deadline? No, no. I mean, maybe maybe as a guy like who could be like the seventh man or something, you know, uh, like a, what, like a good team. Think about it. Like a good team brings him on for the rest of the season. And he comes off the bench, sixth or seventh guy, yeah. uh, depending on the team. And, and I don't mean that to like knock him. He he's he's been up and down mostly like, down. I think. Do do we think Oladipo could do a credible Dennis Schroeder impersonation? See, that's exactly what I'm team? thinking. Yep, that's exactly what I'm um, yes, thinking. Yes, because he can you play. You know what I'm saying? I think, like, yeah. I think if, he, if he locks in and says, I'm going to play defense and I'm going to add, I just think that wherever he ends up, especially if they're going right. on the up, he needs to have a low ask. Like, just try to remain healthy, give us a little spark, and that's it. Don't Could ask for too a, much and get yourself back to, to who well, you are oh, in man. the summer. But Trey, well, like... About it. Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, Dave, but like, what, like, he's in a contract year. That's the that's the that's I don't the know if you could get him to accept that role, Dave. That's, like he's in a contract year. Is he a guy that might be on a one year deal next year? Like a make good type deal? I I could see like a one and one. Like here, we'll give yeah. you it. Cause it cause there's so much cap space, right? Yep. There's yep. so much and cap nobody's space. Nobody's out there. No one's out who's there. Who's the last homie who's effectively done that? I mean LeBron? I LeBron did it with Cleveland every <laughs> damn year, right? Yeah. <laughs> But the the one year Fair. like Fair. you know the, the one year either one year at a at a bigger number than than anybody would want to do over no, the like the one year at okay. like yo I, I think I, I, think one year, I think I'm worth five. more I think it was Chris like, Humphries I think that's the last <laughs> like I believe I'm worth more than the market will bear out right now I'm gonna play uh-huh. on a one year and then end up getting cashed out after the one year after sort of betting on myself I feel like people always like to say that they're gonna do that in theory. Sure, and then it ends up like eh, turns out the market was it's correct. Tough. It's tough, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's might, also he's just a weird fit because I feel like to maximize him, you need to put him on ball. You need to give him a lot of reps as a, a ball handler, and right like he's not a great three point shooter, and right now he's not good enough to be the main guy of an offense. So it was Detroit that wanted him. Yeah, and he he's he's been an all star before. He's been an all defensive player, but that guy is years years in the past. And I just he doesn't get to the basket anymore. He's just yeah. risky. He's risky right now to me, and risky in a way that like he can actually hurt your team because he'll take possessions away from better players. If you're a very good team, I think it's going to end up being like a a worse team that sells itself on the f- hope that that he'll get better and and get back to what he was and kind of redeem himself but but i am not sure about the market for him and i'm not sure just how well he fits on a lot of teams unless he is willing to play that dennis truder type role like was said 
and yeah, he's also and 29, be- right? So it's not like you're you're taking a bet or, or, or a gamble. It's not like a Christian Wood situation where, oh, man, Christian Wood looked really great. Let's throw some money on him. Christian Wood's a little bit younger and doesn't have the, the big-time injury history that Oladipo has. So I, I don't – I mean, he might be a one-year guy. He really might. Be. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna write him off right now. I ain't gonna do that. I, you know what I mean? I'm. I'm gonna be the. I'm gonna be that guy on the on the on this pod to die on the Oladipo Hill. I still believe. I'm a. I'm a. You know. I'm a Oladipo. fan of him. I'm a fan of the type. Of- <laughs> Home Depot. Bring Home Depot. I want Home Depot back. Let's get Home Depot back. That's when he was hooping. Yeah, you're gonna try to construct of, a knee back of up, sure. Oladipo's game, and I like that Trey said Detroit because Detroit is doing a very artful tank job right now in the sense that they've mixed in competent players Mm -hmm. while also still completely stinking up the joint. So it's like, yeah, we suck, but we didn't, you know, this isn't a race to the bottom situation. Like our young guys are in an atmosphere where, no, we're playing hard. We're playing together. We're just not very good talent wise. And so, you know, we're going to lose and and do what we set out to do anyway. Um, And I don't think Oladipo is the kind of guy that will, you know, um, move the needle over there, you know, as it pertains to win totals. So I think that would be a nice landing spot for him because, you know, because <laughs> Grant can't take 30 shots a game, right? Like, it's fine. If I know we're doing this. The like can't. Look at him. I, I know we're doing this Jerry and Grant <laughs> as Michael Jordan routine over there. But, like, I don't think Depot cuts too much into that. And they could be the main cogs of that situation and still, more importantly, lose and let them, you know, sort of rack up on young guys still. Okay, then let me throw this at you. Would you rather take a rental flyer on Oladipo or Kyle Lowry the rest of the season? If I'm Detroit, um, Oladipo, for sure. Well, no, not, sure. not, not, not Detroit. Which guy's going to help oh, a oh, team oh. that's trying to win? Oh, no, Lowry. It's not even close to me. To me, that's, yeah, that's not even not close. close. Just, even though, just, even though, like, defensively, you might be able to do more with Oladipo if, he, if, he's, if he's right. Lowry's one think, of the best defenders at that position in the league yes right. against and, point and guards I, but i'm saying with depot you could in theory defend multiple positions i'm just looking for like I, a versatility right no here. i hear you and i think if, if victor oladipo would to dedicate himself to being that type of glue guy type of guy he might be overqualified for that role but to trey's point like he said do we know that he wants to do that i don't know time could tell i just think with lowry like he gives me so much stuff like the shooting the initiation he could be your your main initiator he can be a secondary guy um he can guard some two guards with you know with a a certain level of effectiveness i just like lowry just as a playoff piece like he's just just a winning player i don't buy that toronto's shopping them for real i i think they're Mm -hmm. i think they're willing to take calls right i like i don't think i just don't i think they're gonna be buyers at the deadline most teams are going to be buyers at the deadline. Like I just right. think they are. Like I don't think they think. I don't think they see themselves that far out of like avoiding the playing tournament in a positive way. Like it's really like if they could turn around for two weeks, they could be in the sixth seed. Like they're not that far back. They're not that bad. Like they've gone. I through- think a lot of us, a lot of people, got lost in that rough start. But when you look at it, it was a lot of close losses. Like it was a lot of coin flip games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you there, Zach. I, I don't. I don't think they're going to move Lowry either. And of course, as soon as we finish this show, they, you know, <laughs> he's been we'll trying to get the trade reaction. Yeah, <laughs> trying to grade it. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So then, what about this? And this is this one's interesting to me because they are incredibly hot. I think eight straight wins. They're now the four seed in the East. But I wonder if it's complicated things because there's still a lot of whispers and rumors about John Collins, right? And so I think you could look at what they've done recently. Like, hey, they've won eight straight games. Like, the competition has been nothing. But whatever, they won eight straight games. Like, that's... I was going to say, please mention that. Yeah. The only quality win was Miami Heat. Right. Everybody else is kind of missing. Yeah, everyone's kind of missing. Then LeBron, you know, we forgot to mention LeBron stayed in the game until he got his 10 points and then all of a sudden he got, he got his got, 10 yeah, points. Yeah. That was my theory. I didn't want to be that guy. I mean, no, I was man, still I, tr- I was still reading the prayer for you tweets, yeah. man. <laughs> he did. He knocked down that three. He's like, all right, I got to go, guys. This is enough. But but John Collins, so I, here's what I think is interesting. Is they, John Collins wanted a max deal, right? He wanted a max extension. They said no. Like, they're not doing that. And so since then, 
I've been under the assumption that a trade will get done for John Collins because I don't think they want to go into restricted free agency in a year, in a summer where there's so much cap room and no one to spend it on to where I think then if you're a team with cap room, you say, okay, I'll throw a max offer sheet at John Collins. Maybe the Hawks will blink, right? And you don't want to lose him for nothing. And so at that point, maybe you move him if they truly don't believe he's a max player. But they have now gotten themselves up to the four seed the week of the trade deadline. And so I think that complicates a lot for them just in terms of making those decisions, right? They could still just be like, nah, we're going to ride into the summer. We'll see what happens. And if we have to match, we'll match. And then we'll figure it out from there. That's probably the most realistic way of going about that. But Dave, like I, I almost wonder if this sounds so stupid. I realize as, as I'm formulating the sentence, it sounds so stupid. I wonder if this eight game win streak has screwed up the Hawks plans at the deadline. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, probably not. You know, probably not. I, I would say no. But w- wouldn't it be more fun if it did screw up their plans? Like, and they just said, okay, look, we got to keep John Collins at all costs. And now yeah. we got to, like, let's add somebody else. So who's the craziest person we could add? You know, uh, that would be that would be fun. But I doubt it. I, I would guess the same as you that John Collins is probably going to get moved now. It's either that or you carry in, into the summer and, and maybe you do a sign and trade with him. So he still is an asset, even if it gets to that point. That's that's one of the things that teams love about restricted free agency. Uh, and you're right. There's a lot of money. So that he's likely to get paid. And it could even be a thing where everybody's happy at the end of the day carrying yeah. it to the summer. Yeah, for right? sure. But he could help a team, too. Uh, I think he's I a good the Lakers player. Being he's too. a good player. I think he's a good player. But, you know, he's a tweener mm. on defense. And so, you know, like... I don't. I, I feel like they feel like he's not a cornerstone type of guy, or else they would have cashed him out over the summer, right? Yeah. So, if that's how you feel and you think somebody might try to poison pill you, I mean, I think you should try to just basically cut your losses and get rid of dude. Um, like I said, I like him. You know what I'm saying? Um, especially like his the way he's developed his three point shot and he's taking it at value now. Um. And I think he, I think he's a, a decent fit next to Trey Young. But if if management has decided he's not, you know, a blue chip sort of guy, then you know, get what you can for the dude. That's mm-hmm. what I would do. But then again, the owner basically gave, he he gave a mandate of playoffs a bus this year, right? So how can they like how could you move how can they have the point, playoff right? a bus like approach and trade? their second best player it's weird (laughs) yeah i feel like in some at some point they just miscalculated things Mm. like they thought danilo gallinari was going to be this big upgrade over john collins and then they got into the season and collins has still been that second piece for them and so like they try to load up for the playoffs when really the guy they needed to make a playoff push besides trey young was john collins (laughs) And so I agree. I'm not totally sold on him. If he was like, if he could, if he was like two inches taller and could handle defensive responsibilities at center, I'd be so high on him. But I just think his skill set's a little limited. He's not a great defender. I would have reservations about paying him a huge deal too. But if you're the Hawks, like he makes a lot more sense there than Gallinari does, especially the way they've both played this season. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if anything, you would. You would yeah. match a max deal for him and then try to get Gallinari the hell out of there, right? Well, so what they should have did, they drafted so well. Just use your draft picks and grow. Like, I don't understand why they just kind of did all this personnel and just kind of shook up a pot. It's like putting seasoning in a popcorn, right? And just be like, <laughs> all right, I hope that one's not too salty, bro. They got well, Rondo. They got, uh, well, you know, Sagallo. You bring over um, Bogdan, right? Yeah. And then... You got uh, Big O, who they just drafted from L.A. Yeah, he's good. And then you got all these – like, you got people chilling. And then you got John Collins. Obviously, he didn't want to – he clearly don't want to be here. But at the end of the day, y'all doing way too much on the on the, on the playoff of bus type thing because you got Trey, who makes all the moves. You know what I'm saying? He, he modern-day MJ. He running up the stairs to the owner like, <laughs> fire him or <laughs> I want him out of, the, out of town. You know what I'm saying? And, and they trying to make it work. And obviously, you know, they're responding really well to Nick McMillan. Shouts to him. But I'm just well, curious right. to just stay free. I don't want to. 
I don't want to downplay anything that Nate McMillan might be doing with that team. Are they responding well to him or the schedule? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay, that's fair. I think it's I think that's it's a little fair. bit of both and because they finally got their guys back too. Yeah, you know, that, that, like help was help was number one. Good call, Waz. Help was number one yeah. to move the needle on anything. Right? They, you know, I, I'm still salty about how how Lloyd Pierce went out. You know, he was dealt a bad hand this season, but you know, he lost the locker room, et cetera, and, and and it goes that way. But ideally, I would part ways with Collins. I mean, it's no need to hang on. It's like being in a relationship, bro. <laughs> like for real. You like, you know what? We got to go to this party. Everybody know we together. And y'all still fighting and y'all just hanging on just because y'all want to do the photo ops. Let that man go. Bring back some value. Trey, how which, else are you supposed to use the gram? All right. That's just that's what you gotta <laughs> right? do. Yeah. You gotta get so this who, photo ops. Who who would you what 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 makes them better just to, to remain where they are? Man, if that, they let see, that's Collins good, go. That's a great question. Like who who cause if you're gonna deal him, I'm assuming you're dealing him for a veteran who can make an impact. And I don't know who that guy is. Like I and just then, I don't know. We've all Uh, heard like the how Collins kind of called out Trey Young earlier this season, but they've treated Trey Young like the guy, right? They they clearly took to heart that he didn't seem to love Lloyd Pierce, and those two didn't get along great, and got rid of Pierce. They sided with Young in that. How how would Young feel about losing his second best player as the four seed? Like they've um, they've put him on this pedestal. They've given him obviously some power within that organization. What does he feel about that? And I don't know if his opinion should matter. Well, but, my guess is it does. And my guess but, would be that, that yeah. doesn't, nothing happens at this point without them at least saying, telling him, hey, this is what we're thinking. Not that he needs to approve it necessarily, but I'm guessing they're running everything by him. And I think like that would piss me off as a player if finally in my career we're doing things right. We've won eight straight games. We're going into this deadline humming. And – the front office decides, you know what, like this other young guy, the second best player on the team, you know what, we're, we're going to shop him because he's not the perfect piece. Like to take a step back at this point would just be tough to swallow for those guys when well, things are finally going right. If it's a step back, it would depend on who's coming back, right? In the trade. Like if it's a if it's a veteran who can make you better in the, in yeah, the immediate, I, like I, it I might like be that. easier I to I like that as an move. idea for sure in the sense that because you have player control – um, of a restricted free agent, it makes him a more attractive piece for teams, which means that, you know, they could probably get some quality if that's what they went for. Usually when they, when teams trade a guy like John Collins, they're looking for draft picks. <laughs> so, you know, who knows? If if they really shopped him and just said, yo, we could, let's try to get the best possible player for this guy, they could probably get something pretty juicy in return. Um. Will it be as juicy as what but Ben Simmons said about Rudy Gobert? <laughs> ben Simmons is feeling himself. And, and you know what, man? Rightfully so. He's playing out of his mind on defense this year. Just another um, guy taking shots at jazz players, man. <laughs> but he man also did, with the LeBron Jake, injury, you called them the Hawks. There is no bigger shot than that. Yeah, that's true. You get, <laughs> with the LeBron like saying, injury. Yo, you, yo th- there's a new artist out. And you're like, yo, you're the next Millie Vanilli, kid. With the surge. <laughs> like, if what? they get to the conference finals like the Hawks did, <laughs> then, <laughs> then may, maybe I'll, I'll <laughs> revisit that take. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> we're headed towards a Jazz Bucks finals that the NBA is going to hate. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, uh, but this is what Ben uh, Simmons had to say via yeah. the Philadelphia Inquirer about Rudy Gobert. He's a great defender, but I don't think he's guarding one through fives. You can't tell him to go guard Kawhi or Paul or guard a point guard. He's not doing that on a daily basis. This is obviously there is a simmering debate uh, once again with Ben Simmons versus a jazz player for an award. And years ago, it was. Ben Simmons versus Donovan Mitchell for Rookie of the Year. Now it's Ben yes. Simmons versus Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I don't really care who's in the lead right now because we have so much season left to figure this out. What I do care about, though, is these guys shitting on each other in the media. I do like that because <laughs> and, this and is I'm such not gonna a lie, This has a whiff of Daryl Morey um, litigating award season via uh-huh. the media, too. So who knows if Daryl Morey's been in his ear like, yo, you're guarding one through five. 
You're guarding the best perimeter guys in the league every single night. That dude is just camping in the paint. I mean, come on now, Ben. Well, you know, he might it. be singing sweet nothings in his ear, so you never know. Yeah. Ben Simmons is the best defender since DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, Doc's going to campaign. Uh, Daryl Moore's going to campaign. All the, you know, the Sixers are going to win all the mercy. awards. But I, I do think this Simmons comment kind of gets at something that's bothered me about the Defensive Player of the Year award recently. And and I, I think Rudy Gobert has been a deserving award winner. Rudy Gobert is an absolutely phenomenal defender. But... If you play a game at the highest level of basketball, and I'm talking deep in the playoffs, Rudy Gobert is not the guy you'd pick as the best defender. He's just not. And and I'm with Simmons that at that stage, versatility matters the most. It's who who can guard one through five, who can, who can hold his own on the perimeter, but also down low. And and so Rudy Gobert, to me, like yes, from a night to night basis, that dude is the best defender in the league, but. But just once it gets to a certain level, he's not anymore. And he's still very good, but he's there are other guys like Simmons that that I think are more valuable at that stage. I mean, Gobert is so good at what he does, right? Like, I, I think that when we have these conversations, we do make fun of him, but he is really good at what he does. But Ben Simmons is just good at everything. You don't have to tailor any of your defense to, to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is just going to go out there and, you know, be a human octopus. And, and with Gobert, you can certainly make him as dominant as he has been, but you can't just throw him anywhere. You got to you got to have a system in place. And well, I think ben the Simmons coolest thing the about it, Dave, is that Ben Simmons thinks the defensive player of the award, a uh, player of the year award is worth fighting for. Like yeah. he's he's decided that this is what he excels at and he wants to be recognized for it. And so he's going out and making it important. Right. And, and I think the, obviously the first step is going out on the court and executing that, but I'm, you know, I'm excited because of the mind state that it says about Simmons, that he's recognized that this is how he gets his, he helps his team win is by being a, an absolute force on defense and being a sort of, and people are not going to like when I say this is supercharged Draymond Green. Like that's his destiny, you know, and it's dope that he's embracing that. And and Dave said, you know, the joke about DeAndre Jordan earlier with Doc Rivers. But I think there is some truth. Like Doc goes into a place and he identifies what a player does best. And he says, look, this is what we need from you. Ben Simmons, we're, we're not going to force you to stretch your game out. We know what you're not. But you could be one of the best defenders in the league. You you can be one of the best passers in the league. And if you focus on defense and all of that stuff, and we have a top five defense, then then that's when we'll we'll be at our best. And he's always identified the buttons to press to kind of get guys to focus on what they do best. And Simmons is a very unique player. And he's come think of his LSU days. People people thought he was lazy. People thought he, was he wasn't lazy. a winning player. Like, he, was la- he was lazy at LSU. Okay, we can. And, we can he, and now he, he did not want to play the the game of the NCAA, and I don't blame him for that. And now I I don't agree with him that he's the best defender in the league, but he's one of them. He's up there, and so he's. And I think Doc, you know, has has played into that and kind of empowered him to stay in his lane and just be a, better than anyone else in his lane. No offense to Tim Quarterman, but I think he saw that as the second best player. I was like, I'm good. I don't want to do this at LSU. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that was a high priority for him. Um, man, we got to end this on a bad note. Some breaking news as we're recording this. LaMelo Ball out for the year with a fractured wrist. Uh, that sucks, man. Yeah. That sucks, man. He was so much fun. Yeah, I know, he was like, hooping. Yeah, like he had won the battle with, with Jay King early on and just made him <laughs> yeah, eat he his words. Yeah, he he, he KO'd me round one. Dominated. Smoked him. Yeah, yeah first round knockout. For easy, yeah. Turn Toy. injuries Leon off. Leon Spinks. Um, Look, that's what he did. <laughs> turn injuries off, bro. Leon Spinks, wow. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, it's it sucks, man, because he has been so fun to watch. Charlotte has been must-see must TV basically since the year started. I love the synergy that him and Rozier have. We're like, at the end of the games, like... They're setting up their offense to get Terry Rozier looks, and he's knocking him down. Like, he's been, like, a big money 
the clutch type of player all season. I just love the chemistry he's building with all his guys. The sort of, you know, him being just a one-man engine of transition offense. His shot has proven to be not broken at all and is it and is like got a foundation to build off of. It's just it's it's tough. But at least we got to see him come out there and do his thing and prove to people that he's gonna be a really good player. On another note, they season over. <laughs> they done lost Rosier yeah. ball. And listen, just pack it up. Just pack it up. Well other- hold on, Trey. Waz's guy, Gordon Hayward, might be able to still work his magic. Uh, listen, I hear you. Waz does love you. everyone who looks like Gordon Hayward. What they gonna, <laughs> what they gonna go get? Greg Paulus off the off the off the couch or something? <laughs> Watch out, man. No. Listen, just Josh I mean, McRoberts. I, I think, get get I, Kirk Heinrich out of retirement. You feel me? Somebody just got fired from his college job, right? He's available. He'll slap a floor available. for you. Put him on the staff. Yeah. Oh, uh, it sucks though, man. Like Lamelo's so good. That's the and thing. Not He's only not just, just fun. He's good. Yeah, and I think everyone doubted that about him, right? Like, would he play winning winning basketball? Yeah, <laughs> from day well, that's, one. That's such an interesting thing, too, right? Because, like, that Australian league is not very good, and he was so bad over there. But you also, like, is that an environment to develop guys for the NBA? Like, no, clearly not. Like, I think the Heat sent James Ennis over there for the first, like, year of his career, and they're like, all right, we got to get you out of there. Why don't you come to come to Miami? Like, I, I don't know that um, – I think that's why all the doubts were is because he was supposed to go overseas and like, hey, he's going to skip college and do this. And he was horrible over there. But as soon as he stepped on an NBA court, it was magic, right? Not Johnson, but mm-hmm. it was just – there was so much fun. Shades yeah, of was, it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. slinged the ball around like that. Like, he, he's pretty – No incredible. magic, no Thaddeus Young. <laughs> <laughs> um, so – let me ask this question. Here's a sports radio question for a podcast. Is LaMelo Ball still going to win Rookie of the Year? Because. Nah, that's out of there. And Anthony nope. Edwards. Nope. Charging. Just, pa- just pass it off. He had a it. game for the rest of the he year. He had it. He had it. Uh, but ever since is- that dunk. Mm-mm. Watch this. Watch <laughs> I this. I mean, he's been so much better than Anthony Edwards, though. Like, yeah. I know the yeah. raw numbers aren't going to say that, but like. The counting stats or whatever, box score stuff, but he has just been a way better t- player on a way better team. You know, uh, obviously he's had his deficiencies on defense, um, like pretty much 99.999% of rookies that have ever been in the NBA. But I just think he's been so much better. But who knows? Anthony Edwards is, is peaking. An- and Anthony Edwards wouldn't be my better. choice. He wouldn't oh, be my choice Halliburton. if, if Lamelo doesn't win it. It would be Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, and and I think I'd still lean toward Lamelo because he was one of the best players on a playoff team. Yeah, and he impacted winning every time he stepped on the court, and and that to me means a lot. But Halliburton to me is a second guy. Obviously, the Kings haven't been as good, but but he plays winning basketball too. He's been efficient. He's been smart. He doesn't play winning basketball. He's on the Kings. That's my he, pick. That was he's my. A, uh, he, he, he's the adult in the room for the, the worst Kings. defense in NBA history by a lot. Look, that was that was my pick for a rookie of the year at the beginning of the season. So if that happens, <laughs> it's gonna I be look, another, it's just called oh, Malcolm Brogdon 2.0 If that happens, oh man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Negro Domus, bro. <laughs> 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 um, I think I think it's still Lamelo. I think Lamelo still wins it. Uh, yeah, he's just been so much better than anyone else. Yeah, I think he I think he did enough to win it. But um, and it, it's not like Zion versus Ja because Ja was amazing and yeah, Zion ja was, was better than Ja. But but Ja, I mean Ja was still at a level like you you kind of had to give it to him because he played all season and he he did a lot. I don't think anyone else has reached that point or even approached it. Yeah. There's just a huge gap between LaMelo and the next guy. Uh, all right, before before we go. Can I interest you guys in any Wiseman love? Uh, no, no, I mean, I think Emmanuel quickly <laughs> would be. Guys, Emmanuel oh quickly would probably be the other rookie. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, oh Wise. That was, that was not for rookie of the year. An answer. Jade, yeah. Jade, edit in just a little bit of space so it's not so no, aggressive not at in the all. answer. Oh no, breathlessly. Right, well, here's the one problem with the I like him long term. I think he's going to be very good, but 
Not even close rookie of the year. Here's the problem with quickly. He's shooting 39% from the field. Yeah, yeah. Still makes an impact, though. He does. He's, Floater he's season, good. though. Yeah, he does good. stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. It's I want to reward nice. that like it's boxing. <laughs> that guy's sure. active, so, <laughs> you know. Is, is that what we reward in boxing? He impacted sure. on the mat? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of it, yeah, yeah. Dictating pace is important. Right, and, before uh, we, yeah, Emmanuel quickly does that. He does do that. Um, also, the alternative was playing Alfred Payton. So, you know, it's it's a little bar to clear, um, at least for a while. Uh, all right, before we go, uh, best guess. Jay, is it an active trade deadline? Also, bonus question for Jay. Will the Celtics actually pull off a trade or will we just hear about the trades they could have done on Friday? I think the Celtics will pull off a trade. I think the I think they'll use at least a piece of the trade exception. I just think... Number one, the opportunities aren't going to change much over the offseason. Number two, the the salary situation changes for them a bit when Jason Tatum's extension kicks in next year. So I, I think there's an urgency to make a move now because of how they played and because of, of the, the salary situation. I think they definitely make a trade. What was your other question? Will it be an active it- trade deadline? Yeah, but... But I don't see anyone like super impactful moving places. Like, yo, what was that, bro? I thought he was gonna say yeah, buddy. I thought he was hitting us it with a yeah, like buddy. It like he was about to take off at a at a, at a Clearport. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think there'll be a lot of trades, but like nothing too impactful. Okay. Yeah, I don't think any big players are getting moved. I don't think we're gonna get shocked. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like, like even if it's only Depot, we're not going to be shocked about that, right? Yeah, maybe surprised it's not really by where a game he goes. Changer. Like, what if the Knicks trade for him, right? Like, maybe that yeah. would be surprising. But yeah, yeah, yeah I think, Lowry. I think you're right. Lowry's probably the most impactful guy that just off the top of my head I can think of has a good shot to move. And I, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a I whole just, lot of action man, because everybody, everybody wants to keep going. Everyone wants to try to win. Everyone's everyone's in play. Well, not everyone, but most teams but are in play now because are. of the playing tournament. Yeah, it, and it's a, it's a sneaky good year to tank because you know you not have a lot of fans there anyway, and and you know you might be at co- at your capacity even while you're tanking just because people are looking for stuff to do. You know, um, so it, we could see maybe teams make a little pivot and and start stealth tanking. But if you're the Bulls, we'll like, the do you really time. sit there and think like we're in the playing game? Let's let's not trade these veterans we have. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, so. man. Ah, uh, man, that's if Reinsdorf even gets a taste of some extra money, that's what he wants. <laughs> yeah, it's going up. I I trust <laughs> I think, our tourist to, to make good deals, but I don't trust Reinsdorf to like allow some of these deals to happen if he thinks it's going to cost him some playoff revenue. That's, yeah, I don't uh, know. I hope yeah. they go to the playoffs, though. I need some playoff Zach Levine. Oh, God. Absolutely. Um, Trey. They're going to lose in five, but it'll be great. You're right. Trey. Or uh, I think active. I think the Lakers. I think all these teams that are now experiencing these 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 crazy random injuries um, are not going to, like, swing super big, but enough to, like, what's the, what's the, what's the fix a tape, you know, with the leak? They're going to slap the tape oh, on the, it and, and the, 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 like seal it or whatever. Like, like, yeah, to seal it, yeah. right? Those, that's what those type of moves are going to be. I don't, I don't, I don't think it gets too crazy where we're just like, oh my God, you know? Um, but I just have this visual of LeBron if, sawing if, a boat in half. <laughs> if anything, I say one crazy deal. Okay. One. Um, one. Was, will there be a bigger impact trade than PJ Tucker to the Bucks? Um, I think so. I think so. I think we're going to get something out of all the guys we just mentioned. Lowry's situation. I think John Collins is something to monitor. I think those guys are clearly better players than P.J. Tucker. So I think, yes, I think a player better than P.J. Tucker gets moved before the deadline. Book it. Booked. Consider it booked. All right, that's gonna do it. For but you get, you got a cancellation fee um be, between the twenty four hours. So that's the last <laughs> that's the last thing that will be said right there. Cancellation fee for basketballs. <laughs> the Athletic NBA show. Make sure you're subscribed to the Athletic to check out all the best trade coverage 
leading up to the deadline on Thursday. We'll have all your reactions and all kinds of good stuff, plus the Athletic NBA show throughout the rest of the week with tampering, with hoops adjacent, with point of contention, and with Nerdishy Wrote, and of course, no dunks, House of Strauss, all the team-specific shows. Just keep it locked in on The Athletic. 